Acts chapter 6, let's talk about what deacons are. And you'll notice there's a definition on the screen. First of all, uh, deacons are lead servants empowered by the Spirit, set apart by the church to meet the church's most pressing needs so that the word remains central, unity is preserved, and the mission is accomplished. That's, that's how we think about deacons. And so where do we get that? Well, it's Acts chapter 6. In the book of Acts, by chapter 6, we see that the church is multiplying. It is growing. Uh, it, is, it is reproducing itself from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And notice verse 1 of Acts chapter 6. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, their number was growing. Acts is, is focused on that. Luke is focused on saying, look how the church is growing numerically. And at this point, it was probably 20,000 believers. And notice what happens, a complaint, literally a murmuring, a grumbling. The, the sound of the word is gongun. It just sounds like a murmur, a clanging that's going on in the background. And it was a complaint by the Hellenist. Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews, probably came to Jerusalem during Pentecost. They heard Peter preach the gospel. They believed the gospel. They become Christians because they are widows. They choose to stay in Jerusalem with the church. The church is taking care of one another's needs, and so they hang out in Jerusalem, but something begins to happen as the church grows. There is a complaint that arose against the Hebrews. These were Jewish purists. Many of them could have even been Pharisees who practiced Judaism. And what is the complaint? Notice, because their widows are being neglected in the daily distribution. And so when people would bring money or food to the tables in the church so that everyone's needs would be taken care of, the Hellenist widows are being left out. And they begin to look over and they say, well, the Hebrew widows, they're getting everything they need. Why is it that our needs are not being supplied? And there's this murmuring that begins to move through the church. And we should always understand this, grumbling and complaining is always a sign of church growth. It's how we handle the grumbling and complaining. Satan hates the church and he hates to see the church grow. And when the church grows, the first thing you'll see is people just sort of murmur about their needs or even the needs of the church and things aren't just the way they want them, but this is a pressing need. There are people who are not receiving food. And so first of all, deacons meet pressing needs, needs that are pressing, not micromanaging how much we're spending on stamps or how much we're spending on toilet paper. Deacons step up to make sure people are being fed. Make sure people's homes are in order where there is counseling crisis. They step up and they meet those needs, those pressing needs. Now, why do they do this? Notice verse 2. And the 12 summoned the full number of disciples. This is a big deal. They don't just move on and say, well, those are Hellenists. They're not, how can we meet their needs? Let's get together and let's think about it. And the full number of the disciples 
We can imagine the 11 were there, minus Judas, plus Matthias. The full number of disciples, they come together to make a decision. But notice what the apostles say. It is not right that we should give up the preaching of the word to serve tables. Peter, James, and John are saying we have to preach the word of God. We stand up as the public witness of the church and declare the word of God, and we can't serve tables and do that. We can't. Notice they say it is not right before God. It would be sin for us to stop preaching the word of God and make sure these needs are met. That doesn't minimize the needs. It's not an either or or here. It's that their focus and priority is the preaching of the word. And they say, we can't stop preaching the word to serve tables. And that's where we get the word for deacon. Notice the word serve. It it is where we get the word ministry. It is where we get, again, deacon, servant. And it means from the dust. And it refers to someone who is so busy working, all you see is the dust behind them. From the dust, they are servants who are so busy working, they are constantly stirring up dust. But they say it's not right for us to neglect the preaching of the word to do this. And so now we see deacons serve the most pressing needs. Why? So the word remains a priority. They serve. They kick up dust. Why? Just to meet needs? No, in their minds, they are serving so that the word remains central. The preaching of the word remains a priority. And the apostles say it would be sin for us to neglect the word of God. And and we have to realize that not just with myself, but with the pastors that will serve this church, it is not right that we should neglect the preaching of the word. Before God, that is my first priority. Before God, that is my first responsibility. And if you do it right, it takes a lot of work. I remember when I first started in ministry, and this is, I'm not exaggerating or trying to be prideful. Maybe I am. I don't know. I'll have to ask God about that after the service, but it would take me over 40 hours, no joke, to prepare a sermon. Now, these days, I probably spend about 20 hours because you just get used to the process and you get used to what you're trying to do. But, but, but before God and before you, that has to be my priority, to preach the word of God. Right now, there are thousands and thousands of needs that are being met by the word of God. Counseling needs, discipleship needs, marriage needs, parenting needs, friendship needs, evangelism needs, missions needs, as we take the word of God and apply it. And that has got to be, any pastor who stands up here, that has to be their priority. It's been said one sermon can equal up to eight hours of manual labor because it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's mental, and you're taking the word of God and you're trying to apply it to the life of the church. That is grueling at times. 
Charles Spurgeon said, if any man will preach as he should preach, it will take more out of him than any labor under heaven. And so it would be sin for any pastor to become lazy, disinterested, or distracted from this task. And so deacons make sure that that can't happen among the pastoral ministry of this church. So what do they do? Notice verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of spirit and of wisdom, and we will appoint them to this task, this serving tables. Good repute means above reproach. Accusation can't be brought against them. I always tell ministry students and deacons, you have to be so above reproach that your craziest, your craziest critic has nothing against you. No matter how outlandish they are, you have to be above reproach. And these men were, but notice this. This is most important. They were full of the Spirit. And we see in the book of Acts, being full of the Spirit leads to bold proclamation of the gospel. These men were evangelists. They declared the gospel with boldness. We see Stephen is martyred for preaching the gospel. They were full of wisdom. They were full of reverence before God. This means they controlled their tongue. They controlled their emotions. They stood out as spirit-filled men in the church. And later in 1 Timothy, and John will talk about that in just a few moments, we see that, that this spirit-filled role becomes a necessary office in the church, the office of deacon. You have two offices in the church, pastor and deacon. And our deacons must be spirit-filled men of good re- report before the church So there's two offices, and the Spirit is providing for the church through these two offices. Jesus is described as a shepherd. And so one of the things Jesus does in the office of pastor is he takes care of his church through his shepherds by the power of the Spirit, but he also does it in the office of deacon through deacons who are servants. We're in the book of Mark, and we see that's how Jesus is described in Mark. He is a servant. They came not to, to be served, but to serve. How does he serve his church? Well, he, he, by the Spirit, you have these lead servants, witnesses who are deacons, and they serve in that office. And so how do they set them apart? Verse 4, he says, we will devote ourselves to prayer in the ministry of the Word. This is the apostles. We're going to commit. We're going to set our lives aside to witnessing and preaching the gospel. We're going to be men who are full of prayer. We're going to do this in dependency upon God by the Spirit of God. We're going to be given over to this task. We're going to be given over to the Word of God, and the deacons will be given over to these, this act of service. But notice verse 5, and this is so important today. This is so important when you see these words in verse 5. And it pleased the whole congregation. The whole congregation said, yes. That, That makes perfect sense that we would have the ministry of the word and needs would be met. Both of those things can happen in the church. Yes. And so deacons meet the most pressing needs. They make sure the word is priority. Why? So that the church remains unified. They preserve unity in the church by making the word central. And so you, you would have had widows say, that's great. Even if it means Peter doesn't stop by with my food each week. 
That's great if it mean, even if it means I don't get to see James and John on a weekly basis. They're praying and they're preaching the word and the church is happy here. The church is happy that the pastor makes the word a priority. But this only happens when deacons make pressing needs a priority. There's a lot of times in the context of the church where I can say things or a pastor, this doesn't happen here, but a pastor can say things about making the word a priority and it irritates people. And one of the reasons it irritates people is because their needs aren't being met. And, and they think, no, that he's supposed to take care of me. Those men are supposed to, the pastors are supposed to take care of me and there's no one coming behind them meeting needs and that's where you, a disunity comes from. And so in a healthy church, you say, yes, pastor, give yourself over to the preaching of the word because these guys are taking care of me. My needs are being met and the church remains united. And so it's not either, it's not either or. We're not going to be a church where it's either or. Either, either the word is preached or needs are, we're not going to, it's going to be both and. And one of, one of the reasons we celebrate that today because we have deacons who are going to make sure it's both and. They're going to serve in a way that makes sure that we have the word and needs being met. Notice next, the gravity of the moment. They chose Stephen. Stephen is singled out here, a man full of faith. A martyr, the first martyr in the church, full of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Now, one thing's interesting here. These are all Greeks, and so they ministered to their people, the Hellenistic Jews that we talked about earlier. They say, you guys take care of them, and we're going we're, we're gonna to set you apart to that task. And they set before the apostles these men, and they prayed and laid hands on them. Notice how significant that moment is in the life of the church. We, see, we read Acts and we see all kinds of outrageous moments where the spirit comes down and the church is shaken and people are speaking in tongues. And this moment is just as outrageous. Notice they say we have to recognize what God is doing here. We look upon these men who are full of the Spirit and we, we lay our hands on them and set them apart to this task. It's no minimalistic moment in the church. It's public. People see it. People notice it. And then notice what happens. Notice how it all connects here. Unity is preserved. But notice the mission goes forward. And the Word of God continued to increase just multiplied over and over and over. People were hearing and believing the gospel and the church continues to multiply itself. And the number of disciples grew greatly in Jerusalem to the point, notice, a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith because of deacons, because of this moment in the church, the mission moves forward and a new, very religious people group begins to believe the gospel. Priest, it's supposed to be amazing. This is the connection between deacons and mission that they serve, they kick up dust so that the nations are being reached. And so we do not disconnect this moment today from you are sent. We will plant more churches and we will reach more people around the world because of what God is doing through these men they will meet needs in such a way that the gospel will multiply and move forward. 
They meet needs so that, so that we're not bogged down. One of, one of the things, one of the ways I like to describe deacons is they are shock absorbers. So, so the church grows, needs begin to multiply. With more people, there are more needs. And so you can kind of kind of start getting weighed down with all of the needs and not just one person, two or three people can meet those needs. And so deacons come in and serve as shock absorbers and say, let's go, let's move forward. Don't let these needs distract us from the mission. We got the needs. And so I want to say it again. I've said it a couple times already. This is not an award ceremony. It's not. Certainly, it's going to be special in these men's life, but they are setting their lives apart to a grave task that is connected to our mission. If anything, it is a commissioning service in the same way you would commission missionaries. We are saying today, we're going to be a better mission-sending church because of the service of these men. And again, they are lead servants. They are not the lead servant. Jesus is the lead servant And they're not going to be serving in a way to earn our approval. They're going to serve because they've been approved by God in light of the gospel. And they're going to serve with great freedom because of the gospel. And it will be the gospel that empowers them to serve us. And they will remind us of the gospel. We we want to look at men who are not trying to earn our favor or requiring us to earn their favor. We want to look at men who stand before God, and even as they kneel down here today, they're kneeling and saying, we are sinners. We don't deserve this task. We don't deserve anything. We deserve hell, and we deserve judgment. But but there is one, for even the Son of Man came not to serve, to be served, but to serve, and gave his life as a ransom for many. I want to say to you men today, You are to remind us of Jesus. Turn around and look at these people. You are to remind us of Jesus by giving your life for this church in the same way Jesus shed his life for this church. And let's all remember that as we celebrate this moment.